Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, let's go, boys. Heart Drink, episode one, the podcast for those that golf. Pop the drinks, nail the three putts, join the boys for a heated debate. Let's talk about all things golf and drinks. We got the boys on the call here today. Let's introduce the first one coming up, Brad Jones. What's going on, man? What are you drinking today? How are we feeling? I got a little tequila and lime on the I'm rocks. feeling a little juiced up. Juiced up. I'm not a tequila and lime kind of guy like you. Rolling with a little bit of bourbon today, but uh, hey, I like the power with it. What's a, what's a good quote here for the day to start off the first episode that we have kicking before we introduce our other hosts? Uh, hit them long, hit them straight. Stiff shafts only. I like it. I like it. Let's bring it over to the one who's typically late to the course, but always there for a good time. His favorite song is My Sharona. What up, Jake Riberis? What's going on, boys? How are we feeling? Oh, we're feeling good. Things are rolling. What do you got for us today? What are you drinking? You know, I'm not as a distinguished gentleman, gentleman as Brad with just the tequila and lime. So I just grabbed a little bit of Tito's, threw a little lemonade in there. What, honestly, whatever I could find in the fridge. But they're flowing. They're flowing. We're feeling good. And About on par for Jake, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's how we get got. started, huh? It's usually what you grab as you're sprinting to the first tee box, right? Oh, 100%. As I'm tying <laughs> up my shoes and putting my knee brace on at the same time. That's how we like to get started. I love it. First one off is always the breakfast ball. Let's get into it today. We have a great piece that we're going to talk about, a number of different things, um, a couple different segments that we're really excited about. I think the first one we want to kick it off with, because it's obviously the most important piece, walk us through how cart drinks even came to fruition. What was the inspiration behind the Instagram handle cart.drinks and what we're talking about here today? As bad as it sounds, COVID got this all started. So about two years ago when the lockdown started, me and Brad met way back. We used to play college baseball together and then uh, we always kept in contact, hung out periodically. And then uh, right around COVID, when everybody was locked down, we were still talking a lot. And one day we found out Rambler Golf Course was open. And he's like, you know, you want to go play the par three? Like, yeah, let's go. Went up there, got hooked. And to the point where Brad wouldn't answer my phone calls because I was calling him pretty much every day while we were locked down to go play the par three. And he didn't want to walk anymore. And I was I was so bad that it wasn't enjoyable to play with me. I just like to be out there and drinking at the same time. So flash forward a couple weeks. Now all the other courses open. And now carts are back. Everybody's feeling good. And we actually were at uh, Maple Lane Golf Course and got in the cart together. One thing about me and Brad, we're big beach guys, bull uh, parrot heads, big Jimmy Buffett fans. I mean, he'll agree with me when I say that cart drink, or excuse me, boat drinks by Jimmy Buffett is one of our favorite songs. Literally, we got in the cart. We were already kind of buzzing because we were drinking in the parking lot a little bit. Cart drinks came on. I mean, boat drinks again came on. 
the speaker and we both as a joke at the same time it sounds like a bullshit story but we were both like car drinks the boys in the group ordered car drinks and then it just started it just started and we we're like you know what we love the golf we love to have fun why can't uh why can't car drinks be a thing for everybody it is a good uh representation of how it did start that that first day when the course is open uh for covid our lovely governor you know opened up the courses and those are the first things obviously you know jake calls rambler and of course the guy immediately the owner immediately goes up there opens the course very long line for the big course plus jake you know he's got a bum knee so he's coming off that surgery he had to walk around that par three you know probably like a hundred times that spring par three season we called it however fred really taught jake how to golf honestly he was just a young young guy out there trying to swing with the bum knee. Couldn't really, you know, gave him just a few pointers. No charge, by the way, just because I'm a good friend like that. Yeah, we got out and got after it for sure. Two years later, here he is playing the big boy courses. Very proud of him. Very proud of him. One thing I'm going to point out, I'm going to take all that with a grain of salt because I will admit it was miserable to golf with me in the beginning. But me and Brad are the same age by a week. So don't let him think, let him make you think I'm a little kid. He taught how to golf, right? <laughs> I still hold him, huh? Nuts. A little rags to riches. Started from walking a par three, coming into the big boy course. That's what it's all about. I think the first time I think we met Jake, you know, played a couple of times with Brad. Absolute sandbagger, by the way, saying that he's not good at golf and shoots lights out, beats me by six strokes. I can I'll never forget being hungover, heading to the course, eating my McDonald's hotcakes in the parking lot, seeing you guys all roll up. I'll never forget. We said, oh, you want to do a little 2v2, Brad and Max versus Jason and Jake out on the first hole. And Brad and I just looked at each other and like, it's on. Let's get the drinks flowing. This is an easy dub, and that's kind of where it all started. All the confidence through the start. You know where that was? That was Pine Valley. That was yeah, up, was. Uh, what is it? That's Washington. Yeah. No, I remember that. Brad um, Brad texted me and Jason, which love the guy to death, but that's the worst pair to put together because, one, I like to drink, but Jason likes to drink just as much as I do, so the swings get worse and worse on both ends. You can't count on anybody. So yeah, we started playing and Brad's like, oh, I don't, you know, Max is, Max is pretty good. Comes up, hits his four iron right down the middle, straight piss missile. Brad pumps his driver. Me and Jason, both our tee shots. Mine's a slice 300 yards to the right. Jason hooks his straight into the water and the rest is history. Well, it, it, it go. I mean, we have to point out that Max and I did not make the teams whatsoever. Um, I think, we did not suggest I think, the teams I, at all. Yeah. When that when the team name or the team were suggested, uh, we just agreed with it. Yeah, the I rest. Think we is asked, are you sure you really want this? You know, I will attest that though, because you know how many times me and Jason will do that, like in the parking lot, just being overly confident, like dapping each other up, getting out of the car, like, dude, we got this, we got this. Are you kidding me? We got this. I think it was almost every that. every hole. Uh, Jake was lining up a putt, and he would just completely miss it and then blame Jason for not lining him up properly on. (laughs) (laughs) So. Oh, what a classic. What a classic. I think that day we had the drinks flowing on hole one. No. Oh Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause that was, um, that was 
right near my birthday. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brad. We all drove together. Am I wrong? You three did, yeah. Yeah, me, you, and Jason did. And then there was a B B in Jason's truck, or your truck. (laughs) And and so they were, like, freaking out about it. At the Jason's deathly afraid of bees, like deathly. <laughs> he will not touch them. It's always us trying to shoo them out the window. So he's swerving, <laughs> causing me. I, oh, I must have been driving, causing me to swerve. Brad, I don't remember. Did we put Jameson in coffee that day? Was that the day we did that? Probably did. I was such an early tea time. That was like a bright as day, 8 a.m. tea time. Was a 100%. Drive. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's the way you got to kick it off. Hear the dog, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Oh, we were all hungover. That's why I was like, oh, we got this thing locked down. We got it. We're good. We're good. You can't play hungover like we can. But no, that, was, that, was, that was a mistake, huh? I don't think I had my drink flow till the third hole. Because I think you guys were popping those new Coors Light seltzers by the par three on the second. Oh, and yeah. Because Jason was yelling at you, Jake, to just hit the putt already. <laughs> I was like, dude, I can't, man. I Those hotcakes were not enough for me. <laughs> yeah that was uh yeah that was it and i remember as the round progressed me and jason were doing worse and worse so the logical person would be like hey let's just tone down the drinking let's just slow it down we'll pick everything back up because we were kind of close in the beginning i do remember that it was like a two-stroke differential and no that didn't happen at all and then we get to i don't even remember what hole it was yeah so we're trying to tee off i couldn't hit a driver for shit back then so i think i'm drinking or swinging my five wood just because i thought i might be able to slice it into the fairway and my sharona started blasting in the background on a speaker and i don't know about anybody else but when you start playing around you're pissed off you and your buddy are losing you're hammered you have a headache but you're you're still drunk at the same time and then all you hear is i i i i ooh in the background and you both can't hit a drive into the fairway i mean yeah that was it we we were both ready to choke each other even though we're boys and then that's how that's how that i mean that story gets still gets told today max still tells that story oh yeah vibes were high in our cart we were having a great time that, that was yeah that was the first time you met jake huh Yep, first time guy brad tried to warn me and guy walks out with a knee brace i'm like oh my gosh are we on the senior <laughs> citizens tour <laughs> Man, <laughs> like, we're champions yeah yeah, it was classic. Yeah. Well, I love it. I mean, hey, drinks never drinks never stop flowing with the cart drinks, boys. That's usually how it goes. You're just out there for a good time, just like every other average Joe, and I think that that's why we're most excited about all of this. I mean, first time I met you guys, we, we went full send right off the bat where I kind of eased into it. So I guess that brings up the first question that we typically talk about here. I think this is a big, big debate for a lot of people going out on the golf course, whether it's after work or getting a quick nine in before they start the day. Two questions for you. First one, what typically of a golfer are you? Do you ease in to the drinks or are you just going full send off the bat? Let's shotgun one and start playing. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors that contribute to it. It, it depends on the course, the time of day, the weather, I think plays a part into a big time. So, I mean, this if is you're an going easy like, conversation right here. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, personally, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to shotgun, like, a beer a hole or anything like that, which I have seen it done. Not personally, but I have seen it. Shout out, Will. You hear this? South Carolina. Long story short, he snapped his driver after going a beer a hole. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think uh, 
top drink on the course is either got to be uh, a cold Miller Light or multiple or uh, Captain and Coke. Well, you know, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Brad credit where credit's due. Brad's much better. He's way more composed of a golfer than I am. I I'm full send. I'm not gonna lie. No, I'll give I'll give I'll give Brad credit where credit's due. Brad is a great golfer. There's been I'm not gonna lie. There's been a handful of rounds where I was kind of close to him, but most of the time, that's why me and Brad had so much fun golfing because that guy is very good at pacing himself. I guess I'm what you call a non-pacer, so. You know, once that buzz starts, I feel good. I feel real good. But my biggest problem is the first couple holes, it's such a shit show that I'm like, you know, I got to get buzzed because I'll golf better. So once that buzz starts, I hit a couple good shots. It gets worse from there. But you keep thinking the buzz is going to save you at that point and nobody can help you. So, no, I'm definitely a full sender. Yeah, just out there for the drinks. Love the drinks. Decent golfer. But I'm going to have to go with Captain and Coke is my diehard favorite. Brad will agree with me on that one. When we were hammering those last year on the course. 100%. If I have to jump to anything else, I'm a big, I'm a big vodka lemonade guy. Big Tito's lemonade on the course. Um, fireball shots, you can throw those in there. Those are always fun. Other than that, yeah, let's just uh, grip it and sip it. That's my my thing. The whole John Daly vibe. That's that's kind of where I am. But that that probably leads to half of my scores too. So I can't. Uh, can't act like it's a, a talent it's just more of a more of a thing that i do <laughs> all right we have an ease in we have a grip and rip i think for me is going to be once that first snowman which is typically the first hole comes on the scorecard it's time to go start sending the drinks i think i'm more of a transfusion kind of guy those things definitely help me my motto is let's change the blood let's get the transfusion going clean out all the bad shots but uh you know i'm a big fan of the birdie juice I love the birdie. Ju- I don't hit enough birdies to have birdie juice, but I always have it locked and loaded, ready to go. I will say too, Max. Every time I've golfed with you, you're always the one that brings up birdie juice, and we never have it. But <laughs> every couple times that I've golfed with you, even at the golf outing, you've been the one that got me to do the birdie juice. It's never been because I've gotten a birdie, but we sure as hell get fired up when somebody else does because that means we get to rip it out. <laughs> I don't know if you remember from the golf outing, we did have it a couple of times, but. It- <laughs> At that point, we were already past full send. <laughs> that's that's my one stipulation as well. I mean, if you're if you're up north or wherever on a on a golf trip, and it's just you're you know you're up early every day golfing maybe 36 holes a day, I feel like you gotta just keep it going. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be a little tuned up, you know, during that first day and then the whole night and then that next morning comes around. I'll just say you're not gonna necessarily be feeling the greatest so you know kind of got to kickstart yourself back into that mode maybe a little a little bloody mary to start it off in the morning maybe one or two and then uh transition a little bit i, don't know, I will say well, like the, the captain and, captain and cokes you guys make are pretty legit get a little bit of that orange captain with the coke a little creams collection those things are smooth that's actually what hurt me on the golf on the golf out, or maybe helped me on the golf outing because I finished that quick. I think by the second <laughs> hole, and it was game over. It was, I think we were doing birdie juice just for bogeys. There's really nothing better than a uh, just a tall rum and coke or, uh, or an RNC, as we like to call it over here. Yeah, we call them RNCs. Heavy, heavy on the R, light on the C. 
I, I will say it. Brad's very smart when it comes to your drinking and being hung over on a golf outing. I'm not talking any shit. I just, I have no self-control sometimes when you're partying and Brad saved me countless times, changed my whole outlook. Um, you know, you hang out with a guy like, like uh, Matt. Well, that, oh, a time out there, huh? That guy, I don't know how that guy does it. We can get into that a little bit later. Hey, he parlays <laughs> those drinks together for a big payout. That's what he does. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cart drinks. Uh, drink of the week. We're going to go RNC. Is that the move? RNC. Yeah. Rum and Coke. RNC. Yeah, it's RNC season. Sun's out. It's warm enough. Even if you're not golfing, a nice RNC by the pool. Nice RNC while you cut the lawn. Nice RNC while you drive to work. That was a joke. Don't do that. But yeah, you know what I mean. Nice RNC while you're hitting the three putt. I like it. <laughs> Brad, you're kind of the easing guy. You're definitely the better of the three of us. How early would you arrive? Do you typically arrive to the course for your tee time? And when you do arrive, do you hit the range before the round? Are you one of those guys? Ideally, I would like to hit the range a little bit. I like to show up a little bit early. The timing's right, and I'm not waiting on anybody. But yeah, you know, I like, I don't like, I just don't like to be rushed in general. I think people know that who know me. So I like to get to the range or get to the course, you know, pay for my round in the clubhouse, maybe stock up on some drinks, get my card, everything in order, hit the range. If not, if they don't have a range, then, you know, obviously the the practice green, a little chipping, a little putting. But, yeah, I mean, nice, beautiful morning. Arrive a little bit early. Get everything dialed in a little bit. For the Jack and Jills, our average player, how early is a little early? Because I think our time frame is a little bit different than Jake's time frame as far as a little early. So what would you say a little early is for those that are heading out to the course that you well, think is acceptable, acceptable for the card drinks mentality? Yeah, like I said, I mean, ideally, you know, I try to get to the course a little early. And, I, and if you recall, I said if I'm not waiting on anybody, may or may not be, you know, on this on this podcast. But that's you know kind of besides the point. Um, What's the time? Right? Early, 10 minutes, 20 minutes before tea time? For the tea, uh, I would say a good baseline is maybe like 30 minutes, 30 minutes before, you know, you get there. Get up, pay for your round and everything, get your range balls, and then, uh, you know, get ready to tee off. Now, if, it, if it's a course where they have, like, these rangers that are just, you know, like drill sergeants, then that might be a different story. I mean, you got to you gotta be there lined up 20 minutes before you tee off, or these guys are going to go uh, haywire on you. I, I'd agree with that. I think I think for me, it's probably about 30 minutes before tee time. So if you have a 2.30 tee time, like, I'm showing up at 2 o'clock. So I can check in, see how fast the greens are going to go, maybe start the first drink, knowing that the first hole is going to be an eight. And uh, I'm uh, probably the same as me, Brad. Typically, I'm the one that's calling the rest of the group going, hey, where are you, Momos? Because we're teeing off in like 30 minutes and half the time we're getting sent off early. So uh, I'm with you. I think 30 minutes is a good baseline. If you're 15 minutes early, that's still, I think, okay. 
but yeah, I'm not I'm not a trunk slammer, so I'm I'm definitely there a little bit early, just making sure everybody's paid up and and we're good to go. That's fair. I would agree with you on that. You're usually you're usually there earlier than everybody else. I mean, sometimes you lose track of time and you get there, you know, five minutes. Sometimes you get there ten minutes after your tea time. Not me personally or you, but I just hate I just hate feeling like rushed on the first tee. You know, so if I'm already there, like then the stress of like traffic and all of that, I'm I'm you know, it's gone and I can kind of just calm myself a little bit before I take the first tee shot. Otherwise, I just feel like I'm so rushed. There's people hitting into us when there's really not and it never slows me down. So that's kind of my headspace. Jake, the garden snake. What do you think, man? What's your uh, how early you show up to tea times? How do you, what do you think? What do you think it is? I mean, it's just guaranteed. It's my ritual. I like to be there about an hour early. I like to get oh. everything set up. I, you know, sometimes I'll get breakfast at the bar. I don't know. Maybe I get a cup of coffee. I like to read the paper a little bit before I start. I ain't sack of shit. <laughs> That's how you know someone doesn't show up an hour early because nine <laughs> out of ten times they don't are not open for the breakfast yet unless you're playing at like Oakland Hills. <laughs> I uh, know, you know, I'm I am gonna be completely honest. I'm notorious for being late, and um, something it's I'm working crazy. on. What time do you usually wake up in the morning, though? Oh, uh, every day. Yeah, typical day. I maybe like a during the week. During the week for work, I'm up by six six thirty every day. Okay. Would you say like if you didn't have to do work, you'd be up kind of the same time? Yeah. Maybe my, bio, my biological clock goes off. I wake up at six six thirty seven maybe. If you got like a I don't know, like an 8.30 tea time or so. You think you'd probably make it in time, huh? You never know. You never. Sometimes these things happen, you know? Timing, your timing gets thrown off, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you're just excited. You're like, you know what? I get to golf tomorrow. Let's party tonight. And then <laughs> that waking up at 6, 6.30, it doesn't happen because guess what? You sat on the couch, and you have Godfather 1, 2, and 3 recorded, and you have Tito's in the fridge. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. I'm not going to lie. Full send before the golf course. Yeah, it's yeah, just, just, just to put it out there. I mean, obviously, you get those people that are just late all the time, and you just don't understand it. And Jake is one of those guys, and it's been I'm like that his whole life. You know, we tried to talk to him about it, but he just doesn't listen. Especially, I mean, if you're trying to book a tea time with him, you know, you're going to have to tell him at least an hour early to get there. But who knows? You still might show up right at, right at game time. But this guy's yeah, always a little. I don't, I don't get it. I just feel a little attacked. A little attacked. I thought this was supposed to be fun. I mean, you can't. You can't even deny it, though. I yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm late. I get it. Jake, I, I don't know if you answered it. the second question. Was uh, do you hit the range before the round? <laughs> I mean, I probably have twice in my life, and the only reason I did is because the hotel I was staying at was right outside the range. I'm not gonna lie, guys. Oh, well, let's be honest. I'm fucking late to golf. Let's be honest. For, for those, say, you're not alone. You're not alone. There are a large number of the group, probably viewers here, that that feel the same way and are feeling probably a little called out like you do, since the three of us do play together. I mean, if we turn if we turn the tables, what is a piece of advice that maybe you could give from a trunk slammer to their friends to make sure that their friends are showing up on time? What would you say? How how would it help benefit for you so that you make it to the tea time? to the rest of the group who have said 30 to 15 minutes early. Don't get comfortable. That's my problem. You know what? And my biggest thing is, and Brad hit the nail on the head during the week, I'm up six, six 30. I'm ready to go because I'm out trying to make money. 
So then once the weekend comes or once our Thursday to Friday round comes, I'm like, you know what? I get to enjoy the morning tomorrow. It's going to be nice and slow. I don't have to rush and do my routine. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a slow mover. That's why I get up at 6, 630 so I can be out the door by 730. Otherwise, because it takes me that long to get ready in the morning. I move slow. I drink my coffee. I take my shit. I shave. Put my shower. I put my contacts in. Take my shower. My shower. I caught myself the other morning. I'll be completely honest with you. I was just standing there soaping my chest up for it was probably 20 minutes it felt like after i was like oh my god i've been doing this for a minute our frank sinatra playlist going so i was like yeah you know what i do move slow and i you know i'll take that i'll be honest i move slow and something i'm gonna work on will it improve my golf game god only knows but yeah i'm the, I'm the late guy i show up i've probably been to the range twice before around i don't know if that's ever going to change but I, i'm going to ask you this do you guys have fun golfing with me Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say so. I mean, this is a good dramatic pause there. When, <laughs> when, yeah, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ridicule you anymore on this show. Hey, it's but, a good time. We're full sending on the drinks. That's what it's about. I think that's good advice. Don't get comfortable for those that are trunk slammers. Brad, I think we we had a pretty good baseline. Schedule your calendar invite, or tell the person that's going to be late that the tea time's an hour ahead of what it actually is. So that, that yeah, way that person showing up late, but is actually on time. I think that's the best advice. No, he's right. He's done it to him. He's done it to me a couple times before. And I show up really early and I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, this is kind of cool. So no, he's right. Like I'm, I'm not condoning my behavior. I'm not saying like, Hey, I'm the fun late guy. That's not who I'm trying to be. I just do it. I, I don't know why it happens. I really think it is. It comes down to, I get comfortable. Like, Hey, take it easy tomorrow. Don't have to run out the door to get to the office. That's the biggest thing. Don't get comfortable doing that. That's my thing. I think we've talked enough to the average Joe. I think let's get to a little bit more of the sec- exciting second half of the the piece here of our podcast. Our segment that we're talking about is obviously it's PJ Championship week. We're getting ready. Tomorrow uh, that you're going to be hearing this really is today. We're going to have the kickoff first round for PJ Championship. It's a big tournament here. We have a lot of great pairings that we want to talk about. We're playing at Southern Hills. Talk to me, Jake. I know you were looking at some of the pairings. What What's kind of one of the most exciting pairings that you're looking at that uh, that you're looking to follow tomorrow? A plain and simple Tiger Woods pairing. That's that's the one I'm interested in. I mean, I know Tiger's going to be the biggest draw for everybody, but, I mean, he's playing with Roy McIlroy. How could you not want to sit and watch that? PGA Championship, he's finally come back. I mean, he didn't do what we wanted him to do at the Masters, but he did everything we asked him to do. I mean, he came back. Not to be the... Uh, Rah, rah, Tiger Woods guy, but that's the pairing I'm most interested in because I want to see another Tiger Woods win. You think you think he makes the cut? You think Tiger's going to make it? I do think he's going to make the cut. I have a feeling this week he is going to make the cut. I watched some of his practice round. They were showing some of his shots. I don't think he played terrible at the Masters. I really don't. I mean, coming back your first tournament, you crushed your leg and you played that well coming back after you crushed your leg. He didn't play that well after he came back just getting caught cheating on his wife. So I think that coming back after an injury like that, making it, you know, somewhat of a decent round in the Masters, I think he's going to make the cut. I do. I think it was a great showing. I think that was everything. All eyes were on him for the Masters. I know we felt the pressure of that. And to make the cut and be able to still play, for the most part, you know, the, the last two rounds were a little tough. I think the putting's a little bit off there for him. But I think... To to be competitive 
through that entire weekend, I think is a lot of motivation of what he needed to help validate where he's at, where he still has it. I think he comes in strong. I definitely think he makes cut. Uh, do I think he's gonna do? Do I think he's gonna make it for a run? I don't know if that's the case, just because it is such a strong field. But but I'm with you. I think that's an exciting uh, exciting pairing to take a look at. I think what I'm excited about for Thursday is going to be the Shane Lowry Brooks Kepka Adam Scott pairing with uh, Shane Lowry. A guy went. Brad and I were just talking about it earlier today. He's got three tournaments in a row that he's gone uh, third place. T3. He's going off. So. It's kind of an under-the-radar guy. I think kind of a dark horse pick if you're looking into the betting scene. But, you know, I think it'd be interesting to see Brooks Kepka. Brad and I have talked about earlier in the season with Brooks. He When he shows up at the majors, he has a lot of top 20 finishes, top 10 finishes. And, you know, with the Masters, it didn't happen. But, you know, interested to see what he pulls out for, for Thursday coming into the PGA Championship. I agree with that one, too. I really do. Especially Shane Shane Lowry. I'm glad you brought him up. I think that, I mean, he's just as exciting to watch as anybody else. I feel like he doesn't get talked about enough sometimes. Going back to Tiger, dude, he, I watched a little bit of his press conference and he just seemed like, seemed almost dialed in. And he said he was more healthy and stronger than the Masters. To be honest with you guys, I put a little five, little five piece on him. Win this weekend, we straight up. Low risk, high reward. I mean, what else do you want? The guy, the guy's a legend, you know, other than the stuff, you know, off the course, which uh, I think we all know about. Did you bet to win or did you bet like a top finish? Yeah. To win. Oh, there we go. It looks like we to know win, who we're rooting for. What's the payout on that bet? It was 330 total. So we'll see. I, I like I liked how he was talking at his press conference. He looked. He looked okay. I mean, what he did, what to even compete at the Masters the way he did was just, just incredible. With the with the shattered leg <laughs> and that car accident, that was that was unbelievable. I just kept I saying, see, I don't know how I'm doing this. I did see someone place a twenty thousand dollar bet on him to win it for this weekend. Twenty thousand. Yeah, twenty thousand dollar bet with a sixty to one odds payout for one point two million dollars. If he wins Listen, it. I'm 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 as big as a Tiger fan as anybody else. I know people give him shit, but I love the guy. Like, I mean, he's to me, besides besides Jack and the Masters difference, he's the greatest greatest golfer of all time. And if anybody has the focus to do it, to bounce back from that injury, his leg was crushed. And they announced before the Masters, they gave him the option option to amputate. They were considering amputating his leg. Yep. And you come back to the Masters and you compete. Now, obviously, he didn't do as well as everyone wants him to be in the top 10, the top five. Everybody wants him to be out there lasering these putts in. But that's just the start. I I don't think we're going to see the end of Tiger Woods. I really don't. I don't think it's ever going to end. And I don't know if he's going to win this week. I also don't think he should sleep on him. Hey, 20, was it 2019 Masters he won? Right? Yep. 20, 2019? Yep, I remember. That won well. me Maybe 185 they... bucks. When I was in Vegas, we placed the bet. So... Yeah, he lost me about 500. Well, not lost me, potentially 500 winnings. It's Molinari's uh, biggest choke job I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't was going to bring that one up. I wasn't going to bring that one up, Brad. That one, that one's a stinger. His or still Spies. don't pick that guy. Whose choke was bigger, his or Spies? I mean, I'm with Molinari all day. He's a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. 
if you have money on them and they lose it, it's that's tough. I'm calling him Molinari right now. All, all all three days he led in that Masters tournament. I think all it is. I think it's a call out. But do you see what the difference is? That's when you talk about that Tiger focus. I don't know if you guys remember t- playing Tiger with PGA Tour when you could do Tiger Vision. Molinari doesn't have Tiger Vision. Tiger does. Yeah, Molinari's a He's got that, you know. He's got that Amore. All right. I mean, let's 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 throw it up on the board here. Top pick of the week. Coming in, PGA Championship, big major that we're talking about today. Brad, who is your pick for the week? I'm gonna ride with uh, Patrick Cantley. I think that guy's got. And he's 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 heating up a little bit. And it's a big, you know, the big tournaments bring out the big guns, man. One of my favorite golfers. I mean, he's got it. He's plus 2100 to win it right now, as a championship winner. I think it's a great pick. We've talked about him. We've picked him in our own personal piece. Guy won the horse race that we do, so I think that's I think it's a strong pick. Guys, guys, a good good streaker. What do you think of Jake? You know what? I'm gonna. I, I just have a gut feeling that's purely what this is off of. I'm going Justin Thomas. What's JT's odds at? Oh, plus sixteen hundred. He should be up there. I just. I have a gut feeling he's due. He's ready. <laughs> I know he's struggled a little bit here, but I just have a gut feeling this is this is the one. So. I'd I'd love to see Justin Thomas win. I think I think the guy's great. I think he's. Absolutely a class act. Um, we've, we've picked him a couple of times, hoping that it was going to come big for us. It, sometimes it has not. Uh, I, I like the dude. I think he's, I think he's a streaker. You know, he's a little bit of a roller coaster. He has hot weeks and then he just absolutely falls. Uh, I think that's probably because he's hanging out with Ricky Fowler and uh, Jordan Spieth on the bad weeks. But uh, I think, I think that's a good pick. I, I think I'm going to stick with the Shane Lowry move. I'm going to go Shane Lowry. We've talked, I've talked about him enough to kind of be, a little bit of a uh, hypocrite if I didn't stick with them. So I'm going to go Shane Lowry at the 3,100. 3, I think for the price, it's a great take because, I mean, 3,100. I mean, I think 2,100 at Patrick Cantley is probably the right price. I think he's a good piece if you could look at what the top – I didn't see what the top five odds were, but uh, he's probably a safe bet in the top five. I'll call it now on uh, on a Wednesday night here. I think Cameron Smith, someone that we love, always shows up big in the big tournaments, but the guy has not battled back since the Masters fallout in the last day, Championship Sunday. So I, I just don't see Cameron Smith coming in clutch. I think the overhype on John Rahm is going to be more of a fade pick for me. And uh, I'm going to stick with the Shane Lowry piece. It's still early. Put this out there right now. Uh, you heard it here first. I just put $1 on Keegan Bradley. The guy has been hot. Oh Plus, yeah, he's a dark horse pick. Hey, I'm gonna write it down right now. What's the odds, Brad? Ten thousand. Ten thousand odds. There we go. Heard it here first on cart drinks. If Keegan Bradley wins, Brad and Jake mm-hmm. cart drinks. We're doing a giveaway. Keegan Bradley wins. Hell of a last name, by the way. Rules of the follow. Rules to be part of the giveaway. You have to follow cart drinks. Tag three friends. And leave a review on the podcast. What do you think? I love, love it. Love it. Why not? Right there. What's the worst that happens? You don't win. Who cares? That's life. <laughs> what do we think? What do we think of Scotty? Number one golfer in the world. Well, I think he I think he continues his uh, dominance. You guys are gonna make fun of me, but I've had four people in the last three weeks tell me that Scotty Shuffler looks just like me. 
<laughs> a little bit. We should do a little side by side. Post it on Instagram. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, see what the viewers think. I'm not, I'm not even making it up. I'll show you the text messages. I was like, yeah, why not? I'm good enough to win the Masters. Why not? If it came down to looks, I'd win. If it was me against him and looks, I'd win. What about golf? That's a whole other story. Do I get to train? How many strokes would Scotty Scheffler have to give you? If you think More you than a be- stroke a hole, I feel like. I think he needs two strokes a hole. Where are we, where are we playing? No, where are we playing, though? Jake, uh, you think you can play from the tips? You need at least two strokes a hole. All of us need two strokes. No, you've seen that. When I get my driver on, when I get my driver on and I play that massive fade, and I play that massive fade or that giant just left left pole, I get some distance out of that puppy. It's just about the recovery shot. How many strokes? Four irons probably going farther than your driver. Are we drinking, though? I mean, we're full sending because that's the cart drink way, but I I don't know if Scotty is. Are we doing tournament rules or average Joe rules? Are we doing our cart drink golfer rules or are we doing tournament rules? Stroke, I think we should do stroke play straight up. How many strokes do you think you would need to beat Scotty Scheffler in 18 holes of golf on a, on a municipal course? Maple Lane's North course. Oh, are God, you winning? Let me ask this though. Is it, a, is it, there's no rules. I can trash talk and I can drink at the same time. Sure. You're gonna he, need he to. Has, You're gonna need to. This is my rule. He has to drink though too. That's my rule. I drink every three uh drink every two old. What if Scotty Scheffler was drunk and you were sober? Okay. On one T box. What do you think? I think he still needs a stroke a hole. I think it no, I think it's more than that. My bread. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee hat coming after me right now. Jake, your handicap's like a 25, bro. He's no, my handicap's a 17. I'm bad birdie. My handicap's a 17 right now, all right? I'm not that bad at golf, all right? All right, we'll have our people reach out to Scotty Scheffler's people. Right, we'll see what we can do. I'll well, I'm telling right. you right now, you want me to say it right now? If he has to drink, he has to drink two, two drinks every three holes. No, he gets, he gets a buffer. I'm not going to be an asshole. And then I have to drink one drink every three holes just so I get my buzz because I go off better with a buzz because I don't think. But I can shit talk the whole time. Like, I can absolutely shit. Like, anything that I want. He can say this to you then. Give him, give him two strokes a hole. That's all I need. Can he talk shit back to you? Yeah, but I got a feeling he's not good at shit talking. I Don't get me wrong. I like the guy. Don't get me wrong. I like the guy. But I'll pick my mouth any day. Trust me. I'm good at it. So he's got to have nine drinks done within the round, and they're doubles. And and he's giving you, and you're and and he's giving you two strokes a hole, and you're gonna win. Yeah, that's the move. Okay, Brad, we'll get in touch with uh, Scotty, and we'll set it up with Jake, Jake Parlay Roberas. Scotty, it's all love. It's all love. But I'm just saying, I'm gonna call Thomas Fagan, get that set up at Maple Lane. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he, hopefully done, he, he flies you it. out, Jake. Hopefully he flies you out. I mean, <laughs> yeah. guy's number one golfer in the world, so. Hey, but honestly, though, Scotty, Scotty, you know it's all a joke, but actually, yeah, give me a shot. But if it works, these two guys have to come with me, so that's all I'm saying right now. Well, we got to document it for the viewers. That's we got to make sure that they know <laughs> Jake lost with two strokes a hole. I'm just saying there's a difference between, like, pure gentleman's play and then let's, like, talk shit and I'm going to blast Todd Run Rundgren. I'm going to bang on the drums all day and stuff while he's trying to hit. My Sharona's off the tee box. Yeah, it's going to happen. 
Okay, fair, fair. I mean, I feel like your your short games like Victor Hovland, but it is might need three strokes. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Yeah, dude. No, he's probably the worst short game guy right now in the field. I have good short game around the green. You even said my chipping was good the other day, Brad. I didn't say that. I would never say that. (laughs) (laughs) With the PGA Championship this year, we talked about full sending it on the course, whether you're spectating, whether you're actually playing. You want to have a good time. You want to enjoy top-tier talent going out there and competing. You want to be able to kind of um, heckle a little bit and, and just see some great golf. But I think it's a little bit of a struggle for us as cart drinks boys when we're, when we're looking at this. And it's $18 for a beer. You can buy a 30 rack of Bush Light for $10 more. I can stuff a pint of vodka into my underwear for 9 bucks. Like, are you kidding me? That's like a typical Wednesday for you, though, huh? Yeah, pretty much, I guess. But yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, Eighteen dollars for a Michelob Ultra? Are they trying to lose fans? Hey, shout out Michelob Ultra, the number, the oh. superior light beer right there. I love Michelob Ultra. Picking any beer, it's gonna be Michelob Ultra or Coors Light. But if you're gonna charge me eighteen dollars, I mean, what? I I just feel like you're trying to drive fans away because not everybody can do that. I don't I don't no. understand. I don't get that. I'm not saying you got to be plastered at a tournament because it's not the waste management open. I mean, if you're paying 195 bucks to go see a round on Thursday, and now you're paying almost, I mean, essentially you're paying 20 bucks a beer. It's 18 bucks. You're gonna have two dollars. I mean, it's it's gonna be basically 20 bucks if you're doing a cocktail. It's 19 per per drink. Even if you get the cocktail, though, you know you're going to get one of those those cockamimi pours where they do like, bloop, bloop, yep. like, yeah. like, and then you're, you're, you're more pissed that you spent the money just for them to show off. Like, they think they get their Tom Cruise and cocktail. And, yeah, I'd rather just get the beer. But if you're going to charge me 18 bucks, I mean, I can watch it at home and buy a handle for a lot a lot cheaper. Yeah, you know, less than 18 bucks, but I'll make more drinks out of it. They're, people are gonna buy it no matter what. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna get down there. They're gonna be feeling good. I mean, if I if I was them, I mean, I mean, if we were all those people going to the the uh, championship, I mean, you should be a little tuned up before you get there, huh? Yeah. Sorry for my sorry for my harsh opinion. I just thought that was crazy. It is crazy. I think so. Tell you one day, uh, if this was if this was Cartrings hosting this tournament. Forget about it. You just bring whatever you want onto the course. Oh, Cart drinks tournament, BYOB. Bring a cooler, yeah. Absolutely. It's for the people. It's, it's the Cart Drinks Championship, and it's for the people. Wait, that's what gonna, it's all about. We're the we're golf for the we're golf for the common man. That's what we exactly. Want. Exactly. And woman. And, yes, and woman. It's all about the vibes. All right, let's let's wrap up here. Let's get to the last segment. I think it's my favorite segment of of what we talk about here in our podcast. It is something that we typically will, will make fun of each other and call each other on the course or just in in conversation. But um, I think it's something that's really exciting that we bring to. It's called Momo of the Month, 
And what we do each week is we're going to be talking about someone who's done the most idiotic thing um, or looks like the biggest Dumbo for the best way to explain it um, for the week. And then uh, at the end of the month, we'll vote whoever is nominated, uh, whoever is the Momo of the month. So it is May right now. We only got a couple weeks left in May. I think uh, as we've talked about it offline before the podcast, we said the grounds, uh, the rules, the rule officiant. Uh, in the, what was it, Wells Fargo tournament that uh, started the clock before Sergio Garcia had crossed the river. And then the PGA actually came back out and said, yeah, he definitely started it early, but there's nothing we could do. I think Momo of the week for that one goes to that rules officiant. I will go ahead and start it out. Brad, if you want to let us know for this week, who are you nominating for Momo of the week to potentially be Momo of the month? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Mr. Phil Mickelson. That guy, he's been all over the map, man. Like, I don't know what's going on. There's all these allegations in this book that came out. So he owes somebody money. Somebody owes him money. It's, he doesn't want to golf in the PGA. It's, I mean, bottom line is this guy, you know, came out of nowhere and, and shocked the world and won championship last year. And now, now, because of all this stuff, he's just not going to play. Just, I think it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, there's multiple, multiple golfers that have come out and, and kind of been on his side on some things, and then other things they're just like, "What the hell are you talking about, man?" So I think it's got to go to Phil. Like, I don't know why he he you got he missed the Masters, which is just insane. Like, I know he's played there multiple times, but. It's the Masters, and you get a invite every year, I guess. So I guess he could go next year. But miss the Masters, now he's going to not come back because of, the, you know, whatever's going on with this PGA and Saudi tour and this Live, Live tour, whatever it's called. So, yeah, that's my nominee. I feel like since the win of the PGA Championship, although he won me a bunch of money and I also had the same ego after as Phil – you know, I think this has been a growing piece of, of an egotistical side of Phil that we haven't really seen before. I think in Tiger's mom's defense, right, she hated Phil with a passion because of the com- competitiveness that uh, Tiger and Phil always had from college coming into the tour. I think Tiger really kept him humble in the sense of making sure, hey, I'm I'm the best in the world and you'll you'll always be number two. He wins PGA Championship. He's just been very arrogant with everything come to the rocket mortgage and you have some d level writer bring up an old article about how you made a bet with a bookie a long time ago and then for him to say you know for the for the people of detroit who are coming to support you i really don't care i'll never come back to this tournament which has nothing to do with the fans that are coming to help support you and say you know the only way time i'll come back is if you do all of these um, pay it forward requests and tag me in them and all of that. And we've all done that. And, you know, it's just, and then for him to still really not even care about coming back, it's just, I don't know. I think that was the last straw. And then for the book to come out where now it's it, for the comments that he had said about the super league, it's, it's kind of just been this slippery slope growing cycle where we're kind of sick of Phil and we're kind of sick of the way that he's acting. And he needs to remember like, Dude, at the end of the day, remember like how humble you were before when you had all of this stuff. I just I don't know what broke 
inside that made him decide to be this way. But it's been very frustrating to see one of the greater golfers in the world who, without the Tiger Woods era, could have probably been the greatest golfer in the world um, to just be acting in, in this kind of way. It's, it's really upsetting. Yeah, I, I'll, I agree with that. I mean, I think maybe part of it was it was more or less in the shadow of Tiger for a long time. And he finally won a big tournament against, you know, almost all odds. So maybe he was like, yeah, now it's, it's my time. And I, you know, I did it. And, but I don't think that, I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe that's not, but either way, I mean, that the whole thing with when he was, when he came here to Detroit and he did that whole thing about, you know, he was mad you know, he was, he was bitching about the that article, like, saying he's not going to come back. He was just acting weird, man. And, like, even after even after all that stuff happened, he did those couple, like, those matches, like, the match. Yeah. And, dude, that guy wouldn't wouldn't shut up. Like, bef- like before all this happened, you know, he was a likable guy. And, you know, I, I, I really liked him as a, as a golfer and stuff. But at this, like, after all this stuff happened and, like, when he was doing, like, all these matches and all that he just he wouldn't stop talking and it was just like he was trying to like be one of those guys where you know he was like he would say something and just just think he's right all the time or think it was like a fun like he he thought he was the shit i guess jake what do you think well you know i'm not gonna lie um me and Brad talked about it last year when the Rocket Mortgage Classic was here. We were talking about buying tickets and everything, and then all that shit happened with Phil and everything else. I was on his side in the beginning. I was like, you know what? I get it. It's an article written about you. That's your personal life. You like to gamble. You like to do all this stuff. There's a bookie involved. So whatever. Time goes on. But then the more I looked at it, I don't know if you guys remember those videos he started posting where he would like flex his calves and talk about dropping bombs and shit. I started not to like him. I was like, you know what? You're getting real arrogant. You're being, it, it was just, it was just was weird to me. It wasn't original Phil. I used to love Phil Mickelson. I remember watching him on Sundays with my dad. I remember watching him win the masters with my dad. Um, All that happens. They're talking about gambling, everything else. And then, this stuff all transpires. I don't understand how you go from, like you said, Max, if Tiger, if the Tiger era wasn't around, he would have, I mean, he still is, but he would have been one of the top golfers if the Tiger era wasn't around. You win this tournament, and now it's here again, and you're arrogant enough to, you know, you're not going to be involved, and now you have all this other stuff coming out about betting. Two, one of two things come to mind for me. Is there more to the story that we don't know? Is he in trouble that we don't know about and people aren't talking about yet with the gambling and everything else? Or two, is he just that arrogant now out of nowhere? Has he been overshadowed for so long? He blows up last year wins. I just don't see how you treat such a loyal fan base that way to not come back and be this arrogant and talk about the PGA Tour so poorly and everything else when, I mean, he's one of the highest paid golfers out there. Yeah, I I think I think there's been a couple of situations where things have maybe been blown out of proportion. I think with the the gambling thing, I think we all thought it was kind of a joke. 
you know, he, it, it was his reaction in the way that made it feel more serious than it really was. Like it was an article from like 20 years ago before kind of the online gambling in certain states was legal. And he blew up about it where he could have just shrugged it off in the way that maybe he normally would have. And we would have like been like, ha, ah, that's funny. Cause we all, I mean, the only reason why it blew up is because sports gambling came finally to Michigan and now all of us are doing that so we're all more so relating to like dude we lost a lot of money like you have it's not a big deal whatever but his reaction was like whoa like hold up pump the brakes like what's going on and then with you know with the comments from you know the book that's come out yes there you know he probably could have said things better I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand behind him in that and say like you know I think there's a lot of pros that also said you know we don't stand with Phil in this because the way that he worded things and the way that he phrased things was not very appropriate. I think he knows that, and that's why he had said, I apologize for the way that I had said things. I think a lot of players agree in the sense of the way that the PGA is being run, that there's some change that could that could make the league and the sport better. And I think that's where the players would support him in that. But I think it's just been this slippery slope of like this emotional roller coaster. We've seen it with Tiger, you know, Tiger, greatest golfer in the world. And then we, the personal side of things come out of Tiger playing golf on and off the course with his, with his balls. But, um, you know, now we're looking at Phil kind of in his roller coaster downfall. I agree with you, Brad. I think after the first match, the Tiger Phil match for, forget how much millions of dollars that was i think that was kind of the start for me of like i can be this personality in the business and and make myself this golf actor and now i continue to come back for these where where tiger only did two of them i think it was peyton and and one before that and that was it i used to love the phil like you said jake of of sitting with my dad and watching arguably the best golfer in the world without the Tiger Woods era. I mean, he was always second place. I mean, without Tiger, he's number one. I remember watching him. I remember watching an interview where he explained the thought process that goes into each shot of like, depending on the way that the ball lies, depending on the way that the wind is, depending on temperature. And I always thought that was fascinating because you don't think about that as an average Joe golfer. And that part's cool, but it felt like he was trying to be that and be this personality and be this arrogant number one golfer in these matches. And I just, I couldn't get behind it. I also couldn't get behind Aaron Rodgers, but you know. (laughs) Well, that's a whole other story. We can riff on that one too. (laughs) But um, I just feel like, I'm not going to lie. I just feel like a lot of his, like Brad said with the match, a lot of his shit talking just seems forced. Not forced in like he's forced to say it, but like he's trying really hard. Like you said, he's trying to build a personality, which he has the personality to do it. But I just feel when you're actually a fan, you start to get disappointed a little bit. Um, And I'll use Tiger Tiger as an example. I mean, the guy did what he did. He fell off. I mean, he ate it like a champ. He took it off the chin and he came back and just played golf. He's never talked shit to anybody. He's not running his mouth all the time. He's not bitching about the PGA. Now, granted, he's making way more money than most of these guys. But to me, it just shows a lot more poise. I love Phil. I'll always love Phil Mickelson as one of my favorite golfers. But I did start – it just seemed fake. The the dropping bomb videos, flexing his calves, constantly talking shit, 
seems forced talking about the fans with the rocket mortgage mortgage classic with you know what what did you say a, a d writer like i yeah, mean come on that's like, not even anything so yeah. that's why it like raises and not to be a conspiracy theorist but it's like is there another part to this story are you in more trouble than what we know is there shit that was going on that we don't know and now you have to step back to the side and you're using this as a way to keep yourself relevant because maybe you are in some trouble with your gambling or anything else I, the fact of the matter i don't really give a shit i still like you as a golfer it doesn't matter to me i think you're a funny guy but the i think the way he's handled things recently I'm just not a fan like I used to be. I don't miss them. Big words. Well, let's wrap up here. I know next week we're going to talk about favorite public car, favorite public courses here in uh, in Michigan. So I think that's going to be a good piece. I think we can do it in a bracket format and let uh, let the community vote on that and kind of what they think is their favorite. We'll talk about that on the next podcast, what we thought about the PGA Championship. We'll talk about Charles Schwab. We'll talk about some other important topics for us as average Joes or average Jack and Joe golfers. Leave a follow on cart.drinks, cart drinks, uh, cart period drinks. Give us a follow on Instagram. Let us know what you think, whether you think Jake could actually beat Scotty Scheffler by <laughs> two strokes a hole. Let us know maybe what your favorite golf course is here if you're in the Michigan area or what your favorite public municipal course is. And, uh, and we'll go from there. If you have a favorite drink, feel free to leave that too. Appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll see you next week on episode two. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.